good afternoon. You're listening to Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church. Stephen Pollock is the pastor of the Free Presbyterian Church of Malvern, Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us today as he opens the Word of God and lets the Bible speak. Well, let's turn in the Word of God this morning to the 25th Psalm. Turn your attention this morning to Psalm 25. Psalm 25. This was the portion of God's Word that was in my lap on Friday morning. And I was preparing my heart for this meeting. I thought, well, what would the Lord have me to bring to your attention this morning? And the Lord put this and some of the verses in this psalm upon my heart. And I trust it a blessing to your souls. It is entitled the Psalm of David. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. Uh, let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on thee be ashamed. Let them be ashamed with transgress without cause. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. For thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindnesses. For they have been ever of old. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord, uh, therefore will he teach sinners in the way. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his path. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth, unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease, and his seed shall inherit the earth. And the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the nets. Turn thee unto me, and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged, O bring thou me out of my distresses. Look upon mine affliction and my pain, and forgive all my sins. Consider mine enemies, for they are many, and they hate me with cruel hatred. Oh, keep my soul and deliver me. Uh, let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in thee. Uh, let integrity and uprightness preserve thee, for I wait on thee. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Amen. May God bless his word to your hearts for his name's sake. We are met together uh, this morning around this table to engage in a feast of remembrance. There are various aspects to our meeting around the Lord's table, but one crucial one is the act of remembrance. And you have in 1 Corinthians 11, 24 and 25, those two references to this do in remembrance of me. This is an occasion for us to bring the Lord to the forefront of our minds. I think that's what it means to remember. It is to actively seek to recall Christ. Recall Christ in his grace, in his works, in his mercies, in his love, in his atoning death, in his glorious resurrection, in his triumphant coming. All of those things we will bring to our minds as we meet around the Lord's table. Remember us. 
But there is something striking in the covenantal terms of the Bible that should arrest our minds. When God destroys the world with a flood, he puts a sign in the sky. Again, it's one of the first stories you learn in, in Sabbath school. You learn the story of the rainbow in the sky. And God gives that sign, the rainbow, as a sign, a token of the covenant between God and man. And so you read about it in Genesis chapter 9, and you read how God gives the sign. Verse 12 of Genesis 9, this is the token, and the word speaks of sign, the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. And yet what arrests your mind when you read on through the account is what it says in the next two verses. And it shall come to pass when I, that is God, brings a cloud over the earth, that the bow shall be seen in the cloud, and I will remember my covenant. Verse 16. And the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. Now that ought to strike you as something quite remarkable. That the sign of the rainbow is not primarily giving that in the language of the children's course that we would remember that God is love, but that God will remember his covenant. I will remember, saith the Lord. Now, I am of course not suggesting that the omniscient God will be forgetful. Rather, the Bible is speaking in human terms that we would appreciate that when we see the rainbow in the clouds, that we will be assured that God will not forget his promises. We see the rainbow and we are encouraged by God to know that he is not forgetful. He is not neglecting his promises. He is true, he is faithful, and he will keep his word. God will not forget his promises. But I believe... Now we can draw from this that God has given signs as part of his covenantal dealings that we would be assured that he remembers his promises. The Lord's table with its elements is one such sign or token. That is, I believe, the meaning of Christ's words, this is the New Testament in my blood. That this memorial service this feast of remembrance is a covenantal token or sign. It is a sign of the covenant between God and man, ratified and sealed by the mediator and by his blood, Christ Jesus. The elements, the bread and the cup, they signify that Christ has sealed the covenant. And the sign, of course, we discussed this in recent months, the sign, the bread and the cup, they are of great benefit to us. We are to use them to consume Christ by faith, that our faith would grow and our love for Christ would grow. But the sign, I believe, also demonstrates to us that God remembers his covenant with us. He will remember his people. When we meet together, we have before us a sign reminding us that God will remember his people in all their ways. 
That assurance, the assurance that God does not forget us, gives us, I believe, the ground for the prayers of verse 6 and 7 of the psalm. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindnesses. And then, more personally, in verse number 7, Remember thou me for thy goodness' sake, O Lord. Again, the psalmist is not seeking to remind a forgetful God, and I say that with caution, that's a, a blasphemous thought. No, the psalmist is praying that God will be faithful to his covenant promises. And if you like, God will think upon his people. And this morning in our morning worship, we will sing this Psalm 25 for opening uh, worship uh, item. And you will see that in the metrical version, they actually use that term that God will think upon us. And the idea is he's praying for God to remember, for God to, to bring us to his attention, to his mind, and in so doing, bless us. First of all, note the covenantal theme surrounding the prayer. You have in verse 10, again, the, the reference to, uh, to the keeping of the covenant. And again, takes us back to Leviticus and Deuteronomy. There was that ratifying of the covenant and the people of God committing to, to keep their obligations under covenant. But in verse number 14, it refers to, and he will show them his covenant. The promise of God is God sovereignly entering into covenant by an oath. And by that oath, God commits himself to bless his people. And so you see somewhat of a parallel with Noah's time. Noah, in Genesis 9, there is a covenant. And there is the aspect of God remembering. Here we see covenant language. And again, the prayer is that God remember his, his servants. The covenant sign is there that God would remember his own. Therefore, we can pray around this table, Lord, remember me. You can take that prayer upon your lips today. We're engaging in a covenant ceremony, a ceremony of remembrance, yes, celebration, yes, but it is a covenant ordinance, and we gather together as God's covenant people. We are his people. He is our God. Therefore, in that context, in the covenant, the language of the psalm, we can take this prayer, remember me. Remember thou me for thy goodness sake. Then note in the second place, the character of God as the ground of the prayer. He pleads the character and the attributes of God as he prays this prayer. Look at verse 7. He says, according to thy mercy. He pleads the mercy of God. We are remembered by God as those who do not deserve to be remembered. Strict justice would see us forgotten and rejected by God. Can you contemplate the opposite in your own soul? You're praying for God to think upon you. What would happen if God did not think upon you? The psalmist acknowledges the sins of his youth. He acknowledges his transgressions, verse number 7. He's not unmindful of his sin. And thus he comes to pray for God to remember him on the ground of mercy. I read this morning in Genesis, Jacob prays before meeting Esau. And he, he prays that he is not worthy of the least of God's mercies. It's understanding that we're not worthy. But on this table, before you now, 
You will soon see and take emblems that are emblems that are the proof of God's mercy. God sent his son. And in turn, God spared not his son. In other words, God shows us mercy because he chose sovereignly not to show his son mercy. He was spared not that we would be spared. And thus when you take this prayer upon your lips, Lord, remember me, you have the proof here of the mercy of God seen in the personal work of Jesus Christ. The mercy of God. You have the goodness of God also being pleaded here. Verse number 7. Thy for thy goodness sake, O Lord. He's, he's pleading for God to display the character of goodness. That God is willing to bless. That God is willing to do good. In praying as he does, remember thy me for thy goodness sake. He is in essence praying that God would show his goodness in answer to the prayer. And there, verse 8 says, Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore will he do these things. He will teach. He will guide. God, when he answers the prayer, we ask him to think upon us. When he answers that prayer, he does so in a manner that shows his goodness. And so you take this prayer upon your lips because, well, because it's covenantal language, yes. But you also take this prayer upon your lips because in the answering of it, God brings himself glory. And therefore, it is an honorable and a worthy prayer for God's people in all ages. Remember, remember thou me. But in the last place, note the concern of the godly in the expression of this prayer. So yes, it is a covenantal theme. And yes, we, we have the ground of God's character but as the psalmist prays to be remembered, he has particular concerns and burdens. And sometimes we, we may use the, the phrase, Lord, remember me in our prayers. Think upon me in our prayers. I'm going to use it as a very general thing, and that, that's not in itself inherently wrong. But the psalmist here has particular burdens upon his heart. And those prayers that are upon his heart, I believe, are very suitable to be prayed around the Lord's table. God has covenant to be our God. Uh, that covenant has been sealed by the blood of Christ. And thus we take these three prayers that I'm going to uh, bring your attention to now. He prays for the blessing of remission. Verse 7, remember not the sins of my youth nor my transgressions. Verse 11, for thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. True, true believers will pray for the pardoning of their sins. This is one of the difficult things theologically. We, we quite rightly teach the blessed truth of justification, that sins past, present, and future are all covered by the righteousness and blood of Christ. But nowhere in the Bible do you see that truth being used to indicate that the believer should have no care for their present sins. Nowhere. Rather, you see that those who walk in the light in 1 John are those who confess their sins and plead the truth that God is faithful and just to forgive them their sins and to cleanse them from all unrighteousness. And thus... It is the ongoing reality of God's people that they are grieved when they sin 
and they plead to God for pardon when they sin. Now that does sit within the setting of justification. We pray that because of what Christ has done for us. So we're praying these things not into acceptance with God, but out of acceptance. And thus these prayers, they form part of our sanctification arising out of our justification. We're accepted in the beloved. And because we're accepted, we are grieved when we sin. And we go to God for mercy when we sin. And this is a good place to do it. When you contemplate that you are not what you ought to be. No believer will be careless regarding their state before God. They will deal with their sin. And they will deal with it humbly, penitently with tears and with grief. Now, this prayer, pardon mine iniquity for it is great, belongs to a child of God, one who is regenerate, one who is justified, one who in the Psalm 32 could speak of the blessedness of the man to whom God does not impure iniquity. He knows the blessing of justification, yet at the same time he is conscious of keeping a short account with God and making sure that he deals with his sanctification before God. I don't know what's happened in your life today, in the past week, whatever sins you're storing up, but this place is a time to examine yourselves and to engage in repentance and renewal. Do not misuse your justification to excuse a careless attitude towards sin. We want the blessing of remission. We also desire the blessing of direction. Verse 8 and through 10 refers to that matter of, of God bringing direction. But in verse 4, you see that's a particular prayer. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Lead me in thy truth. Yet teach me thy paths, for thou art the God of my salvation. Again, here we find the regenerate, the child of God. One who has come to know God as his Savior, out of that knowledge of God, has a desire to grow and to progress in the knowledge of God. Again, this is a covenantal promise. They shall be taught of God. Thus we're coming, we're pleading the promises. Lord, remember your promises. You promised to teach us and to lead us. Remember all that. Oh, God, remember your promises. Well, there may be some area in your knowledge of God that you're struggling with. Something you, you can't quite appreciate or grasp. Here's a place to teach, or here's a place to pray. Lord, teach me. Teach me thy ways. Perhaps you're struggling with some area of duty. There's something in your understanding of the ways of God, and you've been taught, perhaps, from a child, this is how you should live as a Christian, but you're, you're finding that's a struggle. You're wondering, is that really true? Well, bring it to God in prayer. Don't bring it to your fellow peers and discuss these things. Should I do this or should I do that? Bring it to God. Bring it to his word. Ask him to teach you the ways. Now, this place, this table is a time for renewal of your commitment to submit to God's word and to live in God's ways. He's also praying for the benefit of protection. In verse 6, 13 through 21, again, there is an explicit prayer. Turn thou unto me and have mercy upon me, for I am desolate and afflicted. Oh yes, there is a particular situation that David is here facing, but we all are living in the fallen world. 
And thus I believe we can take this as a, as a general petition in light of the afflictions of life. Therefore, take verse 20, O keep my soul. What a prayer that is. Again, for the child of God, remember me. And as you remember me, keep my soul. Let me not be ashamed, for I put my trust in thee. We are living in a fallen world. We're living in difficult days. And yet we can claim this petition. Keep my soul and deliver me. I do believe that these are prayers to take to our hearts and to put in our mouths around this table. We have the emblems of God's covenantal love. He has promised to be our God. And therefore, when you come to God and you say, Lord, remember me, you are simply praying that God would do as he has promised to do. And you're praying that God would do as he has proven he will do in the sending of his own dear son. Lord, remember me. Now that prayer will have a very particular bearing upon each of you individually today. But it's a prayer that you can all take in some respect. And as we come to take the elements now, I encourage you, consider your need before God and ask that God in his mercy would indeed remember you in his covenant love and faithfulness. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Let the Bible Speak from Malvern Free Presbyterian Church. We extend an invitation to all to join us as we worship the Lord each week. You will be made very welcome. The church is situated at 80 Mallon Road, Malvern, Pennsylvania. We meet for worship on the Lord's Day at 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. A Bible study and prayer meeting is also held on Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. If you'd like more information about the gospel or the church, please call 610-993-3170 or email malvernfpc at yahoo.com. We preach Christ crucified.